Welcome to the PSD Cast of Power Systems Design. I'm your host, Jason Lumberg, and in this very special episode, we're discussing the new IEEE standard 802.3BT, and we're honored to speak with TI's David Abramson, who toiled for six years to help create the new standard. Now, the goal of this project was to standardize four-pair power over Ethernet, and this month marks six years from the task force's first meeting through the standards approval, and they're hoping it gets published in September. And David, over those six years, you took part in more than 35 in-person meetings, helped create 24 drafts of the standard, and as the project's comment editor, you read and responded to over 5,400 comments and 22 comment review cycles. And I'm, I'm tired just saying all that. So David, thanks for joining us. And first off, six long years of meetings and comments and more meetings and teleconferences and more than a few late nights, I'm sure. Um, what, what did it all mean to you? How did you motivate yourself to keep going throughout the extensive process? And, and what did you find the most rewarding? Yeah. Uh, first, thanks for having me, Jason. Um, you know, it's great to get to talk about this a little bit. I think it's uh, something that most people uh, don't really know goes on in the background. Um, you know, the answer to that first part, you know, how did I motivate myself and keep going, I think that answer's changed over the six years quite a bit. Um, when it started, I'd actually never worked on a POE project in my career, um, and, but I was presented with the opportunity to take part in it. I jumped at it. Uh, it gave me a chance to, you know, learn a new application uh, that was pretty similar to the IC design I had been doing in the past, um, but it was something new for me. Uh, and then, you know, as the project got going, you know, like you said, you know, it started way back in uh, March of 2013 officially with the call for interest, and then November that year uh, became a full task force. Um, you know, that, the motivation at that point really became about solving technical problems. Um, IEEE standards are really all about interoperability and figuring out how to achieve that in a uh, technically and economically feasible way. Um, and that was a really a new challenge for me, you know, coming from a world of IC design uh, where normally I'm the one implementing solutions. Um, and then as the years passed, you know, these last couple of years have really been about, you know, how do we finish? Um, people who've worked on standards or whatever will always tell you, you know, the standard could always be better. How do we, how do you find the line to say, okay, it's good enough, we're done, let's get it out in the world uh, so people can start using it. Mm -hmm. uh, the, second, the second question you asked there, you know, what did I find rewarding? That is actually the easiest question, I think, to answer. Uh, without a doubt, it was the, the people I met, the relationships I formed, uh, and the travel. Uh, IEEE, or any standards meeting, I imagine, is, is a little interesting because you've got a room full of competitors and customers. Uh, so I think at the beginning, it's always a little cagey, uh, but I'm sure other groups would tell you, you know, you end up forming friendships that will last, last a lifetime. Uh, you know, I actually had quite a few members of the committee at my wedding this last weekend. So, oh, um, excellent, you know, excellent. Certainly those relationships were, were the best part. And also the travel for me. I didn't travel a lot growing up, so this was really a great way to see the world, you know, places like Hawaii or uh, Macau or, you know, uh, plenty of places in the U.S. as well, including San Diego where, you know, we met two weeks ago. Um, and I think we're done at this point. Um, you know, we've got the draft out for one last uh, cycle of comment, and assuming we get no comments, which is a pretty sure thing, 
we're done, and the standard just gets through, has to jump through some hoops and get published. Yeah, and, and we're really hoping that happens. But for, for those who don't know, uh, can, can you quick, quickly summarize the IEEE 802.3 uh, Power Over Ethernet standard? <laughs> sure. Uh, it's a bit of a challenge, um, I think, between Clause 33 and Clause 145, which is the, the old standard and the new one. I think we've got probably four or 500 pages at this point. So quickly summarizing is, is a bit of a challenge, but I'll do my best. Mm -hmm. um, at a high level, it's all about using the same Cat5 or Cat6 Ethernet cable that's already running to your equipment for data to send power as well. Um, average person probably sees it in terms of if they work in an office, the IP phone on their desk might not have a power cable connected to it because it's using PoE to get the power. Uh, certainly your wireless access points that might be attached to your ceiling um, don't have you know, power cables going to them. Um, so, so that's what the standard is for. Um, how it does that um, is it defines three things in essence. The PSE, uh, power sourcing equipment, uh, that's the part of the system that sits in the network switch in the network closet and sources the power down the cable. The second part of the system is the cable itself. And while IEEE doesn't really define the characteristics of the cable, uh, we just reference the other cable organizations that do that. Um, some of the power is lost in that cable, so it is uh, an important aspect of the system. And then the third is the PD, or the powered device. So that's the, that's the part of the PoE system that sits in the application circuit on the other end of the cable that's using that power. So the wireless access point, the IP phone, the security camera whatever it is. So the IEEE standard defines the PSE and the PD at what we call the power interface, which is really the RJ45 jack, if you want to think about it that way. And then we leave margin uh, for, the, for the cable and the power that's lost in it um, in order to guarantee interoperability. Um, one, of my, one of the favorite quotes I picked up along this process uh, from one of the people in the group with more experience was, you know, IEEE standards are all about sacrificing optimization to gain interoperability. And that's really the key. Right? We want every piece of equipment to work with the other one if they follow the standard. So you know, how does all of that work? Um, you know, real quick background. So an Ethernet cable has four twisted pairs of conductors in it. Uh, PoE sends current down a twisted pair in a common mode way. So it goes down both conductors in a twisted pair and then returns back to the PSE on another twisted pair. The old standard, uh, people refer to it as AF or AT. Those were the, the code letters for those projects. Um, they only used two of the four twisted pairs in the cable, while our new project BT uses all four twisted pairs. And that's how we get more power at the end of the day, or at least the main way. So. Obviously, you can't spend 500 pages talking about that. So what is actually in the standard to do this? Well, um, PoE works in a way that is meant to be safe for anything that gets plugged into it. So this, the standard addresses things like detection, which is the PSE's method of making sure that the piece of equipment plugged in at the other side wants power. Uh, this is done by the PD presenting a signature of about 25 kilo ohms. And that's the signal to say, hey, I'm designed for power. You can go ahead and give it to me. Uh, once the PSC does detection, it can do classification, which is 
a way for the PD to let the PSC know how much power it wants. So that way, if the PSC doesn't have that much power, it doesn't apply power, and so on. And then once all of that is done, the PSC can actually give power to the PD, raise its voltage up to the 50 volt range that PoE uses, and then the PSC can monitor the current. Um, it's required to do short circuit protection in case the cable breaks or the PD breaks. And it's also required to constantly monitor the current and remove power if somebody unplugs the PD from the other side of the cable. So that's the main gist of it. There's also some other stuff, um, link layer data protocol, which is another um, secondary data protocol that lets the PSC and PD negotiate power and do some other things. Um, but that's really the crux of it. Um, yeah. Well, that's you know you you just you just did a pretty good job of summarizing uh, the existing standard. So your, your your blog post announcing a new standard, and and that's pretty much how this this podcast came to be. I I, I took a look at your blog post and I I kind of internalized everything in there. We've linked to that in this post. Uh, you mentioned that, that the previous power over Ethernet standards used only four of the eight conductors in the Ethernet cable to carry DC current, while this new standard uses all eight. So what does that mean for the average designer? So to be completely honest, for the average designer, it really doesn't mean that much. Um, and there's a reason for that. Uh, okay. the, the PDs have always been required to accept power over either of the two uh, what we call pair sets. So that's a pair of twisted pairs, so four conductors. So PDs have always been required to accept power over either of the four conductors in either polarity. So in essence, as a PD designer, you've always been putting two diode bridges at the front of your PD and ORing all of that together. So nothing really changes when you move to uh, four pair power, eight conductor power. Um, because the power will just get shared between the two pair sets. Um, there is one exception to that in terms of PDs. Is, um, there's a new type of PD called dual signature, which sort of treats the two pair sets independently, almost so you can have two powered circuits, uh, one on each of the four conductors. Um, for PSC designers, there is a little bit more of an impact because typically they've only put the power circuitry on one of the pair sets um, because they were only allowed to supply power down one pair set. So now, as, you know, if you're a PSC designer, typically what we'll end up doing now is copying that power circuitry over to the other pair set as well. Um, and then there's challenges like if you want to monitor the amount of power a PD is using, you have to combine the current that is getting sourced down both of those pair sets. And you know, a lot of the PSEs, you know, certainly the ones we make, will, will take care of that uh, for you to try to lessen that challenge. Right. Now, the, the 802.3BT is, is the third revision to the, this particular IEEE standard. And, and in the white paper you co-authored, you, you noted that the, the first standard could provide 13 watts of devices, and then 25.5 watts for the second, and a nearly threefold increase to 71.3 watts for this latest one. So what sort of applications would this enable? So I think that breaks down into, into two categories. Um, the first is just higher power versions of the things that PoE is already great at. 
So a couple examples, IP phones. I think you'll start seeing a lot more telepresence, you know, video conferencing right in your phone. Um, now that PoE can su support that type of power level. Wireless access point, obviously more channels uh, to get better coverage. Uh, we're, we're seeing a lot of power redundancy applications and um, PoE daisy chaining. So you might bring in 50 watts. The wireless access point will use you know, 30 or 40 of it, and then it will actually have an output, you know, either USB or another PoE output or something that allows uh, you to power something else there as well. Um, and then IP cameras, so tilt, pan, zoom, uh, cameras that are doing advanced analytics in the camera itself, heaters uh, to keep condensation off lenses, you know, all of these kind of uh, higher level features that require more power. So, so that's really like the first category. The second category is brand new applications that really haven't been done in PoE before. Um, by far, you know, the biggest one uh, that I've dealt with so far is um, PoE lighting. Uh, now that we can get up to 71 watts at the load. That's plenty of power for a lot of the uh, LED lighting uh, that's becoming popular. Uh, digital signage is really popping up. Stage lighting, uh, audio systems for conference rooms, uh, even like medical applications, uh, data portals, biometric capture equipment. You know, there, there's a lot of things out there that that uh, can now use 70, power, 70, 70 watts where 25 wasn't quite enough for them. Right. Now, now we, we were just talking about uh, what, a, what a huge increase it was from, from the second uh, to, to the third standard in, in, in terms of wattage. Now, now was the project, uh, you know, over six years, was the project always shooting for such a, a huge leap between the second and third standards? In terms of uh, power delivered? In, 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 um, yes. Yeah, so in terms of power delivered, yeah. I think uh, going into this, you know, everyone in the room wanted to make sure that this was the, the last PoE standard. You know, that was always the phrase that got uh, bandied about. Um, so you know, really what it comes down to is the great thing about PoE um, is that it conforms to a lot, most of the safety standards, LPS, SELV. So LPS has a 100-watt source limit to it. To get that 71 watts delivered, the PSC is guaranteeing 90 watts. Um, so, you know, there's really not much more room we can squeeze out of this. So, you know, I think going in, everybody assumed we would get to at least 50 or 60 watts. Um, you know, once we did the work, we were able to 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 figure out that we could get 71 watts reliably. Hmm. All right. Now, have you thought about where the, the PoE standard could go from here? Or, or like you said, um, are, are you hoping that this is the be-all, end-all, and, and the last one? Or, or are you still focused on this newest one and, and getting it published in September? Uh, yeah, certainly. You know, the focus right now is, is making sure this one uh, gets through those last couple of hoops it needs to get through. Uh, like I said earlier, I think you know, our work as a, as a task force is pretty much done at this point. Um, but as part of the editorial team, uh, there's probably still a little bit of work left for m myself. Um, in, in addition to that, um, you know, through this process, you know, 
going back a couple years later and, and looking with a new set of eyes at Clause 33, the old standard, you know, we certainly have discovered some things that aren't clear or maybe even weren't quite correct. Um, so we've already started a maintenance project to go back and fix uh, some of those things. Um, you know, we're guessing that that will take about two years to get through. Um, a lot of that is due to the mechanics of the IEEE process. Um, but it is very tricky to go back and fix an existing standard. Uh, you have plenty of equipment in the field that was built to that standard. Um, so you've got to make sure you're going to guarantee interoperability if you change anything. And you really don't want to change anything unless you have to because you'll take a bunch of devices that have been in the field for years and make them non-compliant overnight. So that's really you know, something we're, we're very serious about um, trying to minimize. Uh, eight conductor PoE, as I'll call it. Yeah, I think that's done for a while. Um, you know, I don't know if there'll be a reason to come back and change it. You know, one of the things we haven't talked about uh, yet today um, is standby power. We made a huge jump in the new standard. So if there's something like that that we haven't thought of that another application uh, demands, maybe we'll come back and, and either tweak the existing standard or something. Uh, but I don't see that happening for, for a little while. I will make one note, which is there's a huge de uh, deal of momentum in 802.3 right now in single-pair Ethernet. Um, so it's a single twisted pair, normally shorter run rates, 15 meters, although they're working on a, a standard for one kilometer long runs right now. Um, and they've already done 100 meg data rate and 1 gig data rate, and they're working on 10 meg. Um, so that, all of that single-pair Ethernet uh, you know, could use a version of PoE. Um, we've already created one. Uh, we, we call it Poodle, P-O-D-L. Uh, it's Clause 104 in 802.3 standard. Um, but I think there will be some, some continuing work on that because there's so much momentum behind single-pair Ethernet. And there's another project, 802.3CG, uh, that is working on some, some form of multi-drop powering scheme. Um, but that's still in the fairly early stages, and we're still trying to figure out exactly uh, what that is. Right. Well, I want to wish you and the, and the team all, all the luck in the world over the, over the next several months, and I, I hope that the new standard gets published without incident in September, and I know we're all hoping for that. Uh, and I also want to thank you for coming aboard the show to discuss all, all the work you, you put in over six years into the standard. And um, as always, thanks to our listeners, and thanks for tuning in.